Hello, my name's Kimberly, and I'm perhaps what you would call a modern day Feng Shui consultant. I can help you turn your home into the most supportive, calm, and peaceful space you can imagine. I'm here to guide and show you how to work with your home to unlock its power and magic. And in that, I'm committed to sharing the secret of this magical practice in a way that everyone can use. Hello and welcome. Thank you once again for tuning into the Feng Shui Flow podcast. Last week I referred to March as being Madness March and then I thought no I'm not going to do that. I'm going to call it Magical March and funnily enough just in this last week it really has been quite magical. So you may have seen that my products were featured on this morning they had a Lux gift list for International Women's Day and my Happy Home kit was featured as well as my new candle which is all out and launched on the website. The Happy Home kit is this, it's a beautiful gift but it's also a beautiful thing to gift yourself. It has a sage stick that we use around the home that cleanses the energy in the home, it burns it off It also has a huge tourmaline crystal and this acts like a a big sponge for negativity and funnily enough when I was on this morning, I am going to name drop here, I was talking to Holly Willoughby's makeup artist and she said, oh I love a tourmaline because this basically just tells everyone to F off. (laughs) I thought yeah, that's exactly what it does. No negative Nellies allowed, please. That's what the tourmaline does. It also has two selenite crystals, which are also great for absorbing negativity. These are smaller, so you can sit them next to your desk on the beautiful coaster that it comes with, or you can also carry them around in your handbag. And this is supercharged by two clear quartz crystals. And the quartz crystals, they're a really calming crystal. They're quite an understated crystal because they can be used for quite a lot of things, but they really supercharge these selenite. So they're great for getting rid of all of the energy. So that was featured on there. Philip Schofield lit the sage and I was a bit worried that it might self-combust or do something crazy. Um, So it was really fun and I've had a lot of interest and I've sold out and I'm restocking already, which has been amazing. But that's also come with me launching my yin candle at the same time. So if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know that in Feng Shui, our aim is to balance the yin and the yang in the home. So the yin is that really beautiful, gentle, calm energy. So I always remember that yin rhymes with dim. So that lovely dim lighting that you have. And then the yang is that really beautiful, uplifting energy. And in Feng Shui, all we do is just balance that around the home so that you have areas where you can chill out, but then you also have areas where you can be creative and work and spend time with your family and, you know, where you might want to play games, that sort of energy. So my first candle is the yin candle and the scent is just like this. It feels like biggest hug from your best friend. That's the way I can describe it. It's a really subtle blend 
of sandalwood and cinnamon. It's super clean, as in it's made from rapeseed and coconut oil. So it's beautiful to have with you when you're working next to your desk. I love lighting a candle when I'm working, but some of them give me that really heady feel because I think there's just so many chemicals in them. So that's really what inspired me to to bring out this candle that's lovely and clean and just brings that lovely calm energy. So so that's what's happened in the last week. Um, Who knows what's going to happen in the weeks to come, but I'm loving this journey. And this is what Feng Shui has bought for me. You know, I have put the hard work in. I'm not saying that you don't have to do any hard work. Manifestation, yes, you've got that dream, but you need that intention and that drive to do things. And Feng Shui is that missing piece of the manifestation puzzle that unlocked all these things for me. So I had those creative ideas. But what Feng Shui has done for me is that the right people are there to help me in my journey. So when I launched my business, I needed somebody to help me with my branding. My branding manager, Anjay from Up Branding, is amazing and I recommend her to anyone. I didn't have to shop around. She got what Feng Shui, Feng Shui is and was and set my website up for me. I then found the right suppliers for my products. I found the right candle maker who hand pours candles for the royal family who just so happens to be half an hour from where I live at home. You know, my life has just been made easier. I still put the hard work in, but Feng Shui has just made it easier. And that's what my job is to give to you, is to give you this range of information, of products, of free information on this podcast that you can implement into your home and into your lives to make your life easier and calmer. We want that tranquility, but we still want that the good stuff to come in. And that's what Feng Shui is. That's what I want to do. So today, what I want to do, I've eventually got around to the topic of today. I often get asked, I've heard that this is bad Feng Shui. My house has got this and and it's really bad Feng Shui and I'm going to be doomed forever. It's like that thing of cracking, you know, breaking a mirror. That's it. Seven years of bad luck. I mean, I can't believe that we used to say that sort of thing. And if you think that you're going to have seven years of bad luck, then of course you're going to have seven years of bad luck. So my aim today is to dispel some of the myths, maybe give you some of the reasons as to why that these things are seen as bad feng shui, but also not to panic about them. You don't have to move home because of a certain thing that's going on in your home. And I've said before, my poor house could not be worse from a feng shui perspective. And as we go, as I go through my list today, there's so many of them like, yep, I've got that, I've got that. But it's how you view it. And that's the most important thing. If something bothers you, then do something about it. If you still feel really calm in an environment that technically isn't good feng shui, then keep it. So the first thing is having a hidden front door. A front door that's really hard to find, a house that's really hard to find. And actually our house is quite hard to find. The reason behind this is because you're making it harder for the energy to find you. It's like if you have to give people difficult directions to get to your house, how does the good energy find you if your door is hard 
to find or your house is hard to find. So if you are struggling with that feeling that good stuff just never seems to happen, put a sign up at the front of your house. Does it have the number or the name, you know, quite boldly outside your front? Do you have some nice flowers out of the front that makes your door stand out? If you live in a row of houses or in an apartment, does it look attractive when you walk into it? Do you smile when you come through your front door? So that's the reason behind it. If your house is hard to find, the theory is that the energy is then difficult to come in. One of the big ones that I also get asked about is that a front door is directly aligned with the back door. So as soon as you come in the front door, if you look straight forwards, it's straight opposite the back door. The reason why this is so-called bad feng shui is because the good energy comes in through the front door and the bad energy goes out through the back door. So if there is a straight line for that energy to flow all the way through, you're not giving that good energy, the opportunity to hang out in your home and that's what you want it to do. So don't despair. There are a couple of things that you can do. So you could hang crystals. And when I say that, that's also the same as having a chandelier. And that's why chandeliers are often placed in entrances to hotels. Yes, they look very pretty, but there is method in that beauty because those crystals deflect the energy around. It stops it swishing all the way through and straight out the back door. You could also put a wind chime up, but if you're not into wind chimes and crystals, that's totally fine. You could put a plant in the way, or you could have a glass door maybe that isn't open the whole time. And the plant again, it just acts as that deflection of the good energy coming through. So it doesn't just sweep all the way through to the back door. I'm asked about mirrors a lot. And the bad feng shui are examples like mirrors facing windows or beds. And again, the reason behind this theory is because the good energy comes in through the window and the mirror just pings it straight back out the window again. You're not giving the energy enough chance to hang around in your in your room or in your home. We have a mirror in our bedroom that is directly opposite a small window because it's the only wall that we can have a window, a mirror on. But I don't feel odd about it. I I don't feel that it's the wrong place to be, so I leave it. However, if you have a mirror facing the bed, sometimes that can lead to sleepless nights. And if you're of a similar age to me, sleeping can sometimes be, you know, your hormones all over the place. Sometimes sleeping, you know, you have the witching hour or happy hour at 3am in the morning. You could just put a scarf or a sarong or a shawl or something like that over your mirror when you sleep. If you feel that you don't sleep very well, and that's the same in children's bedrooms as well. Mirrors opposite work desks are also seen as bad feng shui because what you're doing is you're reflecting back the work and the theory is that you're then doubling up on the workload. So that's the theory behind it. But some people have window, sorry, have mirrors in spaces because it makes the spaces feel bigger and more airy. So again, it just depends on how you feel. 
staircases facing the front door are often seen as bad feng shui. And again, this is to do with the energy. So the energy comes in through your front door. And if you've got a staircase facing the front door, it's hard for the energy to get up the stairs as it is. But if it's going straight up the stairs, it's going to take all of that energy to come up and then not disperse all along the ground floor. So you're obviously not going to move your staircase. You know, this is something that if I, if somebody was building a new house and we have a feng shui consultation, you might look at maybe moving the staircase so it's not directly opposite the front door. But we've all bought our houses or renting our houses and we all live here. I'm not going to tell you to move because of a staircase. So again, a plant underneath, like near the bottom of the staircase is a really great thing to have just to stop that energy going straight up. Bathrooms are a big thing in feng shui. The reason why bathrooms are a big issue is because if you think in years gone by, like now we have quite fancy bathrooms, you have bathrooms that are so beautiful now that actually you want to hang out in them. But in years gone by, a bathroom was only there for waste, to get rid of all the waste. So a bathroom facing the front door, if you think the good energy comes in and then it goes straight into the bathroom and down the drains and it's gone and it's not given the opportunity to disperse around your home. If you have a bathroom near your front door, then I would say just try as hard as you can to keep that toilet seat down and the bathroom door closed. I know that is easier said than done especially when you live with other people. But that's the theory behind it. Another bad feng shui thing in your home is long, narrow rooms or long, narrow homes. Because what you're doing is you're making it really difficult for the energy to reach all the way down that that hallway or that home into the room. So if you think like a hotel corridor that's really long, with small doors coming off, if you think how hard that good energy has got to work to go all the way down to that end room and then into that last room, it just makes it more difficult. So that's the theory behind it. So what I would say to that, if you have got long narrow corridors or long narrow rooms, just make sure that the curtains are open, that you're getting a lot of natural light in because the good energy also comes in through the window, not just through the door. So you want to make the most of that. So try and open the space up as much as you possibly can. We're looking at the centre of the home now and staircases in the centre of the home can sometimes be seen as a bad thing. And the reason behind that is because the centre of the home is your health. This is your health area. So if you have a staircase going up and down, that might lead to your health going up and down as well. And we don't want that. We want that lovely stability in our health. So that's the theory behind that. And again, having a potted plant at the bottom of the stairs just stops that feeling that things are going straight up and straight down. The other thing related to the centre of the home is having bathrooms in the centre of the home. And again, from what I've just said, the reason for this is because in the centre of the home, it's your health and the bathroom is all about waste. And we do not want that waste energy in the centre of our home. However, 
it's probably more than likely that you have a bathroom in the centre of the home because quite often, especially in newly built houses at the top of the stairs, there's sometimes the bathroom. So all I would say there is just try and keep all the drains and everything closed if you possibly can, just to stop that energy of your health leaving. Another bad feng shui is having a bedroom over the garage. Quite often we have garages inbuilt into our homes and the theory behind this is that because we often don't use the garage as a living space, it's almost like it's been built over something that's not stable and because we spend a lot of time in our bedrooms, you want that lovely feeling of stability and strength. So if you're above something that's quite hollow, then you're going to get perhaps that feeling of instability. So that's the theory behind that. Again, it's not something that you can necessarily change. I think it's just something to be aware of that if, for example, you had a child that sleeps over a garage, that if they were struggling with anxiety, struggling with sleeping, and if you had the opportunity to move them, then that just might be something to think about. More bad feng shui. The biggest thing is clutter. Clutter, clutter, clutter. I bang on about this all the time, but it's an ongoing task. People say to me, oh, your house must be so clutter free. It's really not. I have drawers of doom in my bedroom, in my kitchen, where I just, I almost have to like put my hand in it, (laughs) shove the socks in and close it at the same time. And I just pretend that it's not there. So we do have clutter in the home. What I try not to have though is clutter coming into the home on the desktops in the kitchen around. I'm very aware that the good energy flows around the house. So the more clutter that's in the way, the harder it is for that energy to pass around and the harder it is for the bad energy to leave. You know, I speak a lot about the good energy coming in, but the bad energy is what you want to go as well. So any clutter around the back door or the back window, if you live in a in an apartment or a flat, that also needs to be clear. Anything that's broken that you are hanging on to is not good feng shui. There's lots of reasons behind this, but it's because it has maybe an energy that's edgy or if it's in an area, one of your nine areas, so for example, if you have something broken that's in the centre of your home, then that might link to cracks in your health. If you have a broken ornament that you've glued back together in the southwest of your home, which is your love and romance area of your home, that could link to areas in your love and romance area being broken as well. I'm terrible at hanging on to things because it's broken. I'm like, oh, we'll fix it someday. And you know what? I never get round to it. So find somebody that can fix it or we'll give it another home and just, just get rid of it. Beams in the home. I posted a picture of our lounge the other day because our home is blessed with beams, beams everywhere. Every single room, I think bar one, has beams. And the reason why beams are seen as bad is because they're like daggers. And so they may dagger into relationships, they may cut through your health. And I was reading a book recently because I was doing some research. You know, I I have 
a lovely vision of writing a feng shui book because I feel that there's a real need to spell out the fact that you aren't doomed because your house has got beams in it, you know, that sort of thing. And the book said to cover them up, which would essentially mean plasterboarding the entirety of our home. And in my post, I said, you know, it's what shows its age. It shows its personality. These poor beams have held this house up since 1569. I don't want to cover it up. But traditional feng shui would say that they are not good. So that's the theory behind it. Another bad for feng shui are beds under windows. And I know I've mentioned this before because you want your bed to be against a solid wall. It gives you that feeling of solidarity that's unbroken sleep. If you have a bed underneath a window, it's quite fragile and it can break easily. And because we spend so much time in our bedrooms, it's really important that we get that feeling that our house has our back, like that we are supported. And that's the whole reason for having your bed against a solid wall. Another thing, and I've spoken about this before, that's bad feng shui, having knife racks out because these are daggers. And the thing is, in modern households, quite often we do have knife racks. It's quite normal for us to have knife racks in the kitchen. But what I would say is, go back to the nine areas of your home. If you are having trouble in a specific area of your life and your knife rack is in that area of your life, then move it. If it's not causing you an issue, then keep it. But it's all these things are just about being aware of it in your house. Another one, and I, you know, I am quite, I am quite serious about this one. Is too much red, too much fiery colours, too many fiery colours in your house, especially in the kitchen, because these fiery colours can lead to anxiety and stress. And I do believe in this one because I think if in your bedroom the whole thing was bright red or bright orange, it just wouldn't feel calm. And so think about that for around your home. If the whole thing were these bright colours, it would be really hard to relax. So it's also important for kids' bedrooms as well. Just be aware of the colours that are in there. And are you promoting a relaxing environment in a child's bedroom when looking at the colours? Dining tables with sharp corners are also seen as not ideal because this has got edgy energy. Ideally, you'd have a lovely round table or if it is rectangular, you'd have rounded off edges. Now, this is something that I would recommend that if as a family around your dining table, this is where you have a lot of arguments, then having sharp edged chairs and sharp edged tables that's more difficult to say than I thought it was going to be, then this can lead to that edgy energy. So if you can think about changing your table and chairs, then do. But even just putting soft throws or rugs on the chairs that can really soften the area. If it's not in the centre of your home, you could also put a candle on your dining table because that will burn off any sort of negative energy and it just softens the light a little bit. 
And the other thing that you can do around the dining table is having family photos. Family photos where you are happy or if you're in a couple and it's the two of you and you're having arguments, it's almost like a subtle reminder of happy times. So that's just a little bit about the dining table. Another no-no are family photos above the fireplace. And I know I've spoken about this before because essentially you are burning the energy of the family above the fireplace. So we definitely don't want that. And finally, the bad feng shui suggestion is all around paintings. I feel quite strongly around visual affirmations around the home, which are basically photos, paintings, pictures and prints. And if you have any photos or paintings around your home that when you walk past it, it doesn't make you feel calm. It might even invoke some anger. Maybe somebody gave you a painting. Maybe it's from a previous relationship and you've kept it up. I was doing an analysis on a lady's home who is looking to call in a relationship and she had a painting on the wall and it was a um, a written sort of piece of artwork and it was very much around being an amazing strong lady who's built her kingdom because she did it all herself. She was divorced and she's rebuilt this home. She's rebuilt this life. And it's amazing. But because she's now looking to call in somebody, the fact that she had this quote on the entrance to her home, it's not really inviting somebody else in. It was very much saying, I did this by myself and I don't need anybody else to help me. And I'm not taking that away from her because what she's done is incredible. But just be wary of the artwork and quotes and things like that that you have around your home. And is it bringing in whatever you are intending to bring into your home? So there we go. There's my very long list of bad feng shui. And it almost, today's episode almost didn't flow as well because I don't like telling people that they can't do things. That's not my take on feng shui. My take is to do what we can with our homes and not have this massive list of no-nos. But I do get asked this a lot. So I really hope that I've cleared up some of the questions that you have and given you something to think about this week and who knows what next week is going to bring. Set your intention now. What is it that you want to attract? And I can't wait to share more with you next week. Please like and share if you have enjoyed it. So much love, Kimberly. Kimberly.